0: Welcome to the Cleverly Changing Podcast. This is episode seven. On the Cleverly Changing Podcast, we talk and discuss life, culture, and other things as it relates to education from a homeschool perspective. Today, we are talking about the topic discipline. And our African proverb states, what the cult learns in youth he continues in old age. Again, what the cult learns in youth, he continues in old age. Now, what we all know is that the habits that you form while you are young, you continue them into adulthood. And so as a homeschooling parent, you want to give your child a strong foundation. So again, today we are talking about discipline. We're sharing some of our favorite tips and tricks, and we would love to hear from you. So we hope that you enjoy this conversation. And we would love to hear from you on any of our social channels, which are Cleverly Changing. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also find the blog on cleverlychanging.com. we want to let you know that we appreciate you listening to the podcast, and we hope that you will share it with other people so that they can tune in as well. So we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you.
1: Sometimes when I'm looking for homeschooling materials, it gets really messy. I'm pouring through page after page after page of resources. Everything is split up by subjects. Sometimes it's categorized by age. It can get a little overwhelming sometimes. But... I've come across herbalism in the last couple of years, and I find that my children really enjoy it. So I created a Montessori-inspired herbal unit. It touches on 10 of the more common herbs used in Western herbalism. This includes dandelion and lavender and St. John's Ward, and it gives you lots of options. You can use this for social studies, science, health. You can use it with math. It really is a comprehensive sort of curriculum. And you can use it one week at a time or as needed. It's loads of fun. It even has four-part cards that your children will have a blast with. Go to frankincenseandherbs.com to check it out.
0: It's now time for the word of the
1: episode. Train a child the way he should go and make sure you also go the same way. A Bantu proverb says, Respect a little child and let him respect you. This is cleverly Poacher's Kids! In
0: this segment, we talk to kids about different topics.
1: Let's try distractions. What do you do when you are trying to accomplish something and there's distractions going on? I know there's lots of things to be distracted by in the house with three younger siblings. Musically and, excuse me, TikTok and FaceTime and Google Hangouts and all that stuff. What do you do when you get distracted? What do you mean? Do you have any strategies to deal with distraction or do you just power through and get it done? I just try to get through it. Okay, well, I know I've seen you go to your room and shut your door sometimes. Um, I've seen you go hide, (laughs) hide under the desk. In another bed. I actually do do that. <laughs> do you have any words of advice or encouragement to anyone else who is fighting distraction? You could go in another room, maybe go outside if it's not cold, or just find a spot where you can go, where it'll be quiet.
0: Welcome to another Cleverly Changing Podcast. Today, we are having an excellent conversation about discipline. So we know with homeschool, there will be times when you need to discipline your children. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Our podcast is a bi-weekly podcast. So every two weeks, we want you to tune in. We also want you to share the podcast with a friend. So let us get started. I'm Elle and this is Miriam. And this is Cleverly Changing. <laughs> this is the Cleverly Changing podcast. Yes. So we want to talk about discipline today. And can you think of maybe a story where you've had to implement discipline in your homeschool?
1: Um, I don't know that it's necessarily really related to school is just parenting. Um, I, my oldest is generally not a fire starter. I don't, have to do too much correction on, and her, you know, as far as she's concerned. Um, now the younger two, uh, yeah. So, um, my daughter, she has a temper sometimes, and so often i will have to excuse her from my presence
0: you're talking about the five-year-old
1: yes my five-year-old i will often have to excuse her from my presence um we're not advocates of spanking in our home, so I, i know for myself it's a little difficult sometimes because I was raised with spankings. Nothing, you know, major or over the top. But it I have to, you know, pull myself back sometimes. And no, I'm not going to strike you. Right. So, I will say, "Hey, you need to get away from me. We're about to run into a severe disturbance here. So take yourself on to your room and we will reconvene momentarily. Right. And they go on. That's my usual method um, for the my four year old boy. I do have to be physical with him. He doesn't listen until. He feels you touching him. So if he's misbehaving, I have to go and, you know, grab his arm, put my hand on his back, hold his face, put my hand on his foot. You know, I have to do, there has to be some connection between the two of us in order for him to really get the message Mommy's not playing time to stop right
0: I think for me we talked a lot about people interjecting in homeschool and asking our kids questions and things like that we talked about that in episode number six well I normally never get any types of pushback about me homeschooling but in my family I do get pushback about the way I discipline I grew up in a household that did believe in spanking. I do not. I believe in what I call gentle discipline, which is, it can be anything from, you know, verbally telling my child to stop, trying to redirect their actions, change the thought, change the mood, change their physical location. I believe in time out. I believe in counting to three. I believe in trying to diffuse the situation by, you know, telling them, go sit in your room or, you know, things like that. Now, everybody is very supportive of me homeschooling, but they think that my efforts of discipline need to be firmer. Thankfully, Mm. I have great kids they're just <laughs> very strong willed. Not both of them. I have one that's very strong-willed and sassy mouth. I'm I was a sassy child. So a part of it is something <laughs> that when when she does it, I see myself because that was me. Especially if anyone has heard the story of the two Carolines where the little girl was, she was good at at school she was a practical little she was practically a little angel and she was the teacher's pet and she would just do whatever the teacher said and always the teacher's helper and would do things with a smile on her face that was me but when she got home she had a little attitude she didn't want to help out around the house every she just had a cantankerous personality and that was me as a kid so um, I would say my kids aren't as bad as I was as a child, but there are times when they push um, their limits sometimes. And I think they know that I don't, I don't really believe in spanking. So I think they, they sometimes test me. And I think that's all a part of being a child, being a child. You want to, to test your parents. Mm-hmm. So You know i've definitely tried to implement the gentle discipline as an alternative to spanking so yeah it's not always easy i i
1: feel you when you were saying the two carolines i've never heard that analogy before but (laughs) that was me only reversed i was a little hellion in school and i was pretty quiet at home um, I guess maybe because I was an only child, I didn't really have that um, that peer to you know play off of. But in school, yes, I was quite the troublemaker. Yeah, I, and and I get the whole sassy mouth. I had a smart lip. I I still do. <laughs> I have learned how to how <laughs> to curb it to some degree, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's, it's not easy. And I know it's not easy being a child either. Um, I do try to be uh, respectful of their humanity. Um, just because they're a child doesn't mean that they are not deserving of respect. It doesn't mean that they have to. I'm going to say it this way because I'm not sure how else to say it, but it doesn't mean that they have to do what I say just because I said it. If they don't understand something, if they want to ask questions, I'm okay with that because in the long term, they need to ask questions. Don't just do something because. (laughs) somebody or someone who has been given an authoritative position said so. That doesn't mean that you have to disrespectfully decline to do what they're asking, but to ask a question as to why do I have to do this, that, or the other, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I know that there, I have friends who grew up where, questioning the adult was out of the question. I don't I don't want my children to think that they don't have the right to question me, to ask me why. Now I may not always be able to give you the answer at the moment, but in general and they've I think especially my older one, I love you, more, she knows it's not because I don't want you to have fun. It's not because I don't want you to enjoy your childhood. It's usually because I'm trying to keep you safe. So, dragging your brother across the carpet is not safe. He can get rug burned. That doesn't feel good. You don't want that. You know, trying to pick your sister up by her hair is not a good idea either. That's why I'm telling you to stop. It's not because I'm trying to ruin your fun. I don't think that being a parent means that you have to lord over them and have them do whatever you say when you say it just because. How dare you tell me no? I don't really feel that way. I don't feel that way at all, actually. Because I used to hate when grown ups would try to impose their adulthood on me just for the simple fact that they were an adult and that my thoughts or feelings didn't matter whatsoever. Right. So I do my best not to do that to my children.
0: I, I would have to agree with you on that 100%. I remember being a kid and I remember not feeling as free as I feel like kids should feel. And so I think because of my memories, I have changed my parenting style from the way I was raised because I want my kids to, be, to have a sense of freedom, to have some places, and I've always believed this, when my kids were little, there should be some places in the house where they don't have to, be told no, like they should have freedom to play and do things um, without being told no. And I, what I'm kind of referring to is when I was growing up, I lived with um, older siblings and my mother was older. And there was really in some families, even my friends' families, there were some rooms in the house where the kids really weren't supposed to go or hang out. And, you know, like kids were really expected to kind of be seen and not heard. Well, I don't necessarily feel that that's the best way for children to grow up feeling confident with Mm self-assurance, with the inner self-worth. I don't feel like those type of behaviors foster self-worth and self-confidence so i don't do that i try to allow them to have spaces that are kids spaces in our house like their room is a kid space you know every once in a while i do have to tell them to clean their room because again safety first <laughs> it goes back to safety <laughs> and um cleanliness but i try not to be overbearing about those type of things because i want them to to have a sense of freedom that's something that's important to me and i think that every family will find things in their home and their lifestyle that are that are important and so for me allowing my children to have freedom and space is important to me so i try there are certain times in certain rooms where i don't have as many rules I hadn't thought
1: about that, but I like that idea. My <laughs> in all honesty, I think my whole house is, <laughs> is kind of like that. I don't have a whole lot of, hey, you can't do that. Like <laughs> This is ridiculous, and it drives me crazy, but I let them do it. And then when it gets to be, okay, you guys have been riding these little bikes and these little cars up and down the hallway for the last 30 minutes, it's time to stop. We have hardwood floors and it just, you just hear this back and forth up and down. Boom. They run into the door. Boom. They run into the wall. And you hear it all this ruckus. It drives me crazy, but I let them do it. And then when I just have had enough, it's like, okay, it's time to find another activity now. <laughs> this must end. I can't take it anymore. Go downstairs and play. Go outside. Read a book. Anything. Just please stop with the bike. Right. There's, you know, I, I pretty much kind of let them have read it. And interestingly enough... My man is on board. He doesn't, he looks at it as their children. You know, we used to slide down the stairs with blankets on and we were throwing balls around and we were, he had four brothers, three brothers, excuse me, and we were doing all this stuff. And he always says, man, trust me, you haven't even seen the half Wait to come up. Oh boy, you're gonna see something. I'm like, what part of uh, yeah, part of my just allowing some of the things is me, I guess, doing a science experiment as an only child. I know what it's like to just be yourself, so I watch them and I think, is this what it is to have siblings? This is what brothers and sisters do. Is this what was going on in my friends' homes? It's, yeah. it's and it's it's a science project for me. I really do sit there and watch them sometimes, and I'm in awe. Like, what is this? And people told me I was missing out on something. This is crazy. <laughs> I wasn't missing out on anything. You hear me? Nothing.
0: <laughs> so in talking about discipline i want to encourage different families to really think about their ch- their personality of their child so that they can tailor that discipline to the kids needs cuz i don't think all kids should be disciplined the same because they're different right. their personalities are different and you can't handle everything the same. Just like you described earlier that one of your kids, you literally, he may be kinesthetic and you have to touch him to get him to listen. And I think that's something that you have to observe your child and find out what works best. With one of my kids, a look is totally enough to make a huge difference like you know as moms you know that look that we we give our kids so with my kids that totally works especially when we're out in public I I give that Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) so I think it's something to to work on and to learn I know because I did not want to raise my kids the same way I grew up In terms of discipline. I did read a few books that I found to be helpful. I will add those books to our show notes. If you go to the cleverlychanging.com website and you look on the side um, for the widget that says podcast, it'll be pink and it'll say podcast. If you look on the side, you can click on that to see the show notes. But on the show notes page, I will put the books that i've read one of the books that had a really big impact on the way that i discipline is called 123 magic and it basically uses the method of counting to 3 and not explaining and trying to negotiate negotiate and it, you know get the kids to talk about it because really they're at their young ages they're just reacting They're not doing things that are premeditated. It's usually just reflex actions. And so we don't need to have a whole soliloquy when we talk to our kids about their behavior because they're not listening. That's just the truth. They're not. (laughs) So, so, So I liked one, two, three magic because it did take into account the stage of the kids, their... Behaviors, their mindset, their abilities, and children are very smart. So, no one is saying that they're not, but the way their brain is developing, there are some different nuances that should be taken into account when it comes to discipline. So, one, two, three magic basically says you count to one to begin when you see your child doing something and you want to stop that behavior. So, you say, That's one. And then You give them time, so two doesn't come immediately after. You don't go one, two, three. (laughs) You know, you have to say one, and then um, a minimum of five seconds go in between the one and the two, and then you you wait five more seconds. Are you know? Depending, it really depends on the child child's age, so they also talk about so if you get to three, you do time out, but the timeout is for however the minutes correlate with the with the child's age, so if your child three right. then they're in timeout for three minutes three minutes mhm so I like that concept, I think that the whole concept works and is age appropriate so it's a book that I I would recommend. I like the doctor's philosophy around discipline, and so you have to take you have to you know read books, try to find different methods that um, that work. So you know one two three magic may not be perfect for your child, and I would say as they grow, because my kids are in the preteen stage, they're ten now, and the one, the two, and three aren't as effective as they used to be for both of them. Of course, it all depends on what they're doing. In some cases, yeah. The one, the two, and the three work just fine still. But in some ways, you know, kids, as they grow, they begin to develop more self-assurance where they're like, no, I don't think I should have to do X, Y, and Z. And they really are trying to debate you about it. So that's something that you have to find a new way. So I'm on the level of trying to explore new disciplinary techniques with uh, with my preteens and teenagers. But I think for me right now, the biggest part that has been the most effective and the most important is listening to them. It's pulling them aside and and just listening. Because when you when you take them aside, you recognize I saw what you did. You know that I know what you did and is there a reason why you did it? You know, like some things tend to just automatically come from pulling them aside, making a connection with them, and putting your eyes on them, and letting them know that you know. And so I try to combat bad behavior with my presence and just making sure they know that I'm here if they need me because I think support is important and letting them know that, look, I support you. I love you, but I don't want you to harm yourself. Like, you know, just like, I don't want you to go over to your friend's house without telling me because then I, you, you know, I, I'm going to worry about you. I'm not going to know if you're safe or not. Right. So those type of things are what I'm concerned about at this stage. And I think having that conversation with my kid is important. Like, these are the rules of the house. This is what I expect. These are my expectations. You know, what would you like to see more? Just making yourself available for your kids is how I tend to approach the preteen years.
1: Yeah, I think that's an excellent approach because I think, you know, it starts when they're, you know, when they first arrive, you have to You have to let them know that you are there for them because if you, okay, I don't know if this is definitely true or not, but in my mind, the theory is that if you as the parent are not accessible to the child when they are younger, they are not going to feel that you are accessible to them when they get older and when they get older is really when you want to have those lines of communication. And if they don't feel comfortable coming to talk to you about whatever it is, they're going to go to someone that they are comfortable right. with. And you may not always like the source that they're getting certain information from. You may not want That information given to them, period, or you may, or the information that they've been given is flawed. So it's important to not be so rigid where your children don't feel as though they can come to you because at some point you're gonna be wanting them to come talk to you and and you're gonna be like, oh, I, I don't know what to do. Jessie won't talk to me. She's just so nasty and moody. I mean, she's a teenager. And I, I'm worried that whatever it is that your worry is. But if you haven't cultivated a relationship where they feel comfortable talking to you, don't expect it to all of a sudden materialize because they're older now. and you're willing to have a conversation with them. Right. So the willingness to have these conversations and to take their feelings and thoughts and their humanity into consideration really should, in my mind, begin from the time they hit the air. So it's just a matter of how, of looking ahead and Asking yourself, how do you want your relationship to be when they're five? How do you want your relationship to be when they're 10, when they're 15, when they're 18, when they're 21? Do you want to be able to talk to them about drugs, drinking, sex, condoms, diseases? Or would you rather them get that from their dad or... An uncle or aunt, a grandparent, the nurse at school, the friend down the street. where do you want them to turn when they need someone to turn to? If you want that person to be yourself or your husband or your wife, you know, then you have to you have to be aware of that from the very beginning and you need to develop that sort of relationship because of course they're when they we've all been there when you're 15 16 you think you got it you think you know you don't need no grown-up to tell you anything oh mom you don't know what you're talking about dad please just leave me alone I got this well they're going through the same thing and we know from experience that no they don't got this They don't. And to have that, that ability to connect with them, even when, you know, you're uncomfortable, it makes, it makes a big difference.
0: Big difference. Right. So in homeschool, I want to kind of give our listeners just a rule of thumb. So... There is something called the three types of discipline when it comes to trying to Correct and redirect behavior in a school in a school are um, at home so that the kid can do their work. So the three types of discipline are preventive supportive and corrective so Preventive discipline is to make sure that what you're doing with your kid is interesting. So in our homeschool, just because you may like workbooks and you may like your kid to do a lot of writing work, doesn't mean that your kid is interested in that. So if your kid isn't showing an interest in that particular type of work, you may want to come up with some creative ways to share that same type of lesson. So if you have a theatrical kid who's very dramatic, try acting out those lessons so that they can be more engaged in them. So you want the curriculum and your academic approach to meet the needs of that particular child. And so that's preventive because you don't, if your kid is excited about what you're about to do, more likely than not that they're they're going to pay more attention when they're interested so you want to make sure that your methods of delivery are engaging And they're targeted at what you're actually supposed to do and you're familiar with them. So you have to be comfortable enough with them to be able to think outside the box. So if your kid likes to draw and you're studying, you know, something that they can actually draw, then allow them to do that. Maybe, you know, let them draw it and then label it and just try to think of a, of numerous different ways to attack that subject by utilizing your kid's best skills. And one of the resources I use to, to do that is Pinterest. Pinterest is a great way to find auditory activities, kinesthetic activities, and also visual activities. So the other people are trying to figure this thing out. So we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We can Google it. <laughs> we can go on Pinterest and type in the subject and find it. So that's one of the ways um, preventive. The next way is supportive. So that's kind of what I talked about earlier when I said that I pull my kid to the side and we talk about it. I try to let them know I'm here, I'm here to listen, I want to know what's going on, and you want to hear their feedback. So by providing support, you're also giving them a chance to have a say and a you know, they're owning their part that they've played in terms of the discipline. The third method is corrective. There are times when you need to stop the behavior and change it. So Mm -hmm. that may be, you know, pulling them aside and saying, these are the consequences if you don't stop. But that is when you start to implement those consequences and firm changes.
1: Yes, it's not enough to say this is what can happen. You have to follow up and actually go through with it. I remember <laughs> as a child, and my mom still does it to this day. Um, she doesn't like to have to get up. So if I were off in the corner doing something I had no business doing, she'd be like, hey, stop that. I carry on. Hey, I said, stop. I'm still at it. Girl, I' gonna start counting one, and these things are many Mississippis apart, two <laughs> now she's putting half numbers in, two and a half. <laughs> yeah not trying to then I know that once I see her reposition and she's about to get up, okay, I, I guess I' better stop now because she's not playing, she's gonna get me, right? So I mean, you have to actually implement. The consequences you can't just say them talk about That's it right yeah and i know for myself sometimes it's hard because oh i'm good for a good threat don't make me come over there and shake you down boy but i don't really want to do that and I, I don't i don't want to at all i do not want to right so don't I'm threaten your
0: kids with you things you, you don't want to do you have to actually give consequences that you're willing to right. do right yeah so, right now, yeah, with- I know it's hard because we don't want to hurt the children. Right, like, right now, with my to correct the behavior, we are the consequence that we've in- implemented lately is taking taking away devices like, like a cell phone yes. or um, computer time or mm-hmm. TV. Well, they don't really watch TV, but we would take away TV time if they did. Um, but I'm going to turn this, this internet video. off an
1: hour early. How you like
0: that?
1: Say it again. I'm going to turn this internet off an hour early. How you like
0: right, that? Right. So those are the type of consequences what? that happen in my house. We we use an app to turn the, the Wi-Fi off. Yep. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> right. So our kids don't have TVs in their room. TV is something that isn't a big, um, it's not a big deal in my house. So there will be, be weeks, like we could go weeks without even turning it on. I'm probably the one who watches TV. I don't watch TV, TV. I watch movies. So I like a good movie. <laughs> um, but that's more my thing. Not so much Um like on the weekends, like Saturday night, we do sometimes we do like a family movie night, and that's something that we have um, we have implemented um, on occasions. We rarely take that away because that's really family time, and we haven't had a situation where we've needed to take that away. Good <laughs> that's good so what for your for your preteen do you ever? Do you do the same, like, take away Wi-Fi? What um, what else do you for discipline? What else do you do for discipline?
1: Honestly, I don't have to discipline her very often. I mean, it's rare. Usually, the eyeball, that tightening of the jaw, that side look, like, girl, and it's over. Oh, that's good. Um, (laughs) Yeah, she doesn't, she really doesn't give me a lot of trouble. She's a good girl. Very much so. But um, I have had to, Hey, <laughs> that phone is done and give that to me. Um, turn this here wifi off. Um, those are usually it. I don't have to do, I don't have to do too much, you know? Oh, well, sometimes I'm like, yeah, you know, you're not going outside. I know it's nice out there and you want to go ride your bike. Negatory, not going down today. Right. Um, Or you were acting like a fool yesterday about something that you didn't need to be, and you want to ask me if we can go to Rita's or Chipotle or something. I'm like, no,
0: not rewarding that behavior. Right. So... So, we only have a few minutes left. I know that we had a question question. that we wanted to share with the audience today. Can you share the question with us? Yes. This
1: question comes from Mama Jessica. Um, Her question, I'm going to read it as written, focus. This may be a general sort of question, but... I am having a significant challenge with getting my 12-year-old son to focus when we are working on his lessons. He is very easily distracted as well as easily irritated when I attempt to get him back on track.
0: When I... I have this issue. (laughs) Yes, I think everybody has um, had this issue who homeschools. When I heard the question, I was like, yeah... We all have been there and experienced it. So we, we definitely know, um, we definitely have had some encounters with it. So I have some thoughts on it. Do you want to start or you want me to start? Okay, well, I'll keep it brief.
1: Because I have four children, my oldest is very easily distracted. I tend to do Lessons where I know she has more difficulty during a time where it can just be she and I, her and I, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I will do certain things with her when the baby is napping, or sometimes I may have to turn on the TV. For the other three, so I can, you know, do something specific with her. When it comes to keeping the distractions, a lot of times I will um, will have to move into a different part of the house. But it's not, it's not always that easy. Some days I just have to say, okay, you know what, we'll have to come back to this. Some days we're able to push through. I think that you have to assess it on a situation a situation by situation basis because, you know, sometimes the, the distraction comes from I really don't feel like doing this. And other times it's because there's dirt bikes that keep racing up and down the street. It looks like a lot of fun so if it's something that really can't be pushed past sometimes you just have to let it go and we'll come back to it or we'll try again tomorrow and if it's something that can be worked with you say oh come on now let's let's do something or maybe In those instances, it may be best just to take a short break and come back. Short break meaning less than 10 minutes. (laughs) But the focus can really really put a damper on things. And it's kind of difficult, especially when you're really excited about the material and they're not. Th- those were, those are my suggestions for dealing with the loss of focus or lack thereof.
0: Right. I think that a lot of the things that you mentioned were things that I was going to say. So I'm just kind of going to list um, mine verbally and then kind of give an example. So this is one that you talked about. Room environment change. So, if you're in a room where your kid is distracted and they're, you know, they may have their toys in there, you may need to change that room because if there's something in the room that is grabbing their attention, making them want to do that instead of their schoolwork, then changing the room to another place that will allow them to focus better will be more beneficial. There are some days in my family where we go to the library and we sit at the um, tables. Sometimes they have rooms where we can sit so that you know, we spend a certain amount of time just getting some stuff done and that has worked for us. I like that. The curriculum, earlier we talked about preventative behavior and so sometimes the curriculum itself is not grabbing our child's attention. In episode six, I mentioned that I changed my curriculum from an online uh, curriculum because I noticed that my, my daughter wasn't focusing and she said, can we do something else? And so I had to redirect her attention by giving her something that met her needs better. So that was something that I did to help her focus. You also mentioned taking a break. Yeah. Short breaks are awesome. I, what I try to do in my own homeschool, because we have busy, busy days. I have a lot that I want them to do, but I do it based on a time block system. So I say 20 minutes, I'm, you know, so I do 20 minutes for you. It could be 15 to 20, but I say 20 minutes, I want you to work on this. And I set a timer. I know some people are against timers. It really all depends on your kid and your family. But I set a timer for 20 minutes and I say, hey, I want you to work on these pages. I may write the pages on the board for these 20 minutes. And if you need help, I'm willing to help you. But the time blocks have been very important. Another thing is making sure that my children exercise. So in the winter, exercise is harder, but... I'm a big promoter of exercise because it helps you focus. Sometimes our kids aren't getting enough outside time. And that's why when they're indoors too long, they become, they become antsy and irritable. So we have to make sure that we're balancing that time with fresh air, just like a school should give children recess. In our homes, our kids need to have recess, too. So in previous years, this year, I haven't done it as much as I should, but we started our homeschool with exercise so that they would get their fresh air in the morning. And while they were exercising, we would, like, walk around the neighborhood, ride our bike around the neighborhood. Now that the weather is getting nicer, we're going to implement it again. But while we were riding our bike or walking or skating, what we would do, I would um, – test them i would go over the materials that they've been learning verbally just to make sure that they knew it and it was kind of like a verbal quiz i would give them in the mornings and that was awesome like i saw the most growth and the most retention when i when i implemented that the last thing that i'm going to share is personal attention as our children get older, we give them, we expect them to be more self sufficient, and sometimes we really pull back. It is at those yeah. times yeah. when yeah. our kids may need us to sit there and give them personal attention to help them focus. It may not be every day, but I think implementing it for at least five minutes. Um, when you, they may start a uh, subject, you may have to play around with the timing, but to just be there to help them get started, because starting is the hardest part, but giving them your undivided attention and being there when they get started, it works. Like it's, It just changes the flow of the day when I stop what I'm doing to make sure they're doing what they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. So, and also, um, I don't know if I, if I mentioned it, so I said that was the last thing, but implementing incentives is something that I also do. Um, so we have like a a chart where I is not necessarily a bribe, but I give them, you know, if you get X and Y done, you get this. So implement incentives. It works with adults, especially like at work. So of course it's going to work with our children. Like if you find out you're getting a bonus on your job, you're going to work harder. So find ways to give your kids a proverbial bonus. (laughs) So, and that's all up to you. What motivates your kids? It could be extras, extra time outside. It could be a variety of things. It could be extra screen time, extra game time. It could be um, game night with the family. It could be a a special dessert or, you know, whatever they like, you got to be creative with it. But I think implementing incentives is huge. And the time blocks, those are huge too. So that's what I would do if I was trying to encourage my child to focus more.
1: I like those suggestions. I'm all for a good incentive. I'm going to go ahead and call it a bribe because that's what I'm doing. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm doing. Hey, let's go catch this ice cream truck. You get this here done. Right. How's that? You know, because I'm not the one to hand out the candy in my house. It's usually my husband. But when I see, you know, things are going south, I got to pull you back in. Yeah. I think those are some excellent focus tips. And I hope that they've been helpful. I think I may need to implement more uh, movement in my own household. because it's crazy. Not like the children or we are dogs. But I was just saying to my daughter yesterday that, because she was talking about the neighbor's dog always barking. And I said, a tired dog is a happy dog. That dog is always barking because he's bored because they don't never take that dog out. How many times have you seen that dog? <laughs> and, and when you see it, where is it? It's in the yard all the time. So if they were to do more with that little creature, he wouldn't have the energy to be sitting outside barking and howling all the time. So I think that same... That same uh, philosophy can be applied to us. It can. When we are not properly um, exercised, we tend to be more irritable. We tend to be lacking in certain areas. And by putting a little extra pep in our step, we may find that we have increased awareness and focus. I like
0: it, and I'm starting tomorrow watch me. So that's our show, folks. I think we had a very lively discussion today. If you have anything you would like to add about discipline or about how you get your child to focus, you can leave a comment. You can listen to us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, tune in, almost everywhere podcasts are played. So Google Plus, you can, if you have like a Google Home, Google Play, or you have a Google Home, you can say, okay, Google, let me listen to Cleverly Changing podcasts." So you can listen to us that way. You can ask Alexa. So definitely utilize whatever devices you have and listen to us. Tell a friend, because yes, we are trying to grow our audience and also leave us a review. So if you've been listening to our show, we want to hear from you. You can leave us a comment. You can also go to the cleverlychanging.com website and leave a comment on the website. Go to podcast, which is the widget on the side. And in the show notes, leave us a comment. I'm also, we are on Instagram. Miriam is at Frank and Herbs. I am at Cleverly Changing. So look us up, follow us, and definitely let us know that you're listening and that you appreciate this podcast. We hope to talk to you soon.
1: Bye. Bye.